in an electrifying, fabulous, outstanding, riveting basketball game. And Jordan Clarkson throws 37 at the Suns. But the Slim Reaper, the Durantula, or just one of the greatest scorers in the history of the game, was more than the Jazz can handle. 38 from Durant, and the Jazz fall 131-128. We're talking about it next on Postcast. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. David Locke along with Ron Boone with you on Postcast. A bummer because the Jazz fall to the Phoenix Suns 131-128 and go to 2-1 and one in group play. And a win today would have been massive in the in-season tournament for the Utah Jazz. However... However, that was an unbelievable basketball game. The Jazz look a million times better than they did on the road trip. Bunch of things look, Jordan looks amazing. We'll talk about all these. And Kevin Durant, who's the 12th all-time leading scorer in the history of the game, four-time scoring title, 35 years old, putting 30 on the board every night, was just simply unstoppable, including the dagger three at the end. Yeah, that first quarter was just unbelievable by him. And, you know, what do you do and how do you stop a guy like that? The guys, Jazz was, uh, they were switching and they were running guys at him, at them, but he's seven foot, you know, and, and, and his release point is high. Uh, his range is just unbelievable. And when he gets on, I mean, there's probably nothing you can do about it. I mean, Will Hardy said pregame about Durant, like sometimes he's taking shots and you actually have to go look at the halftime film. You have to go look at the iPad during the game to see are we guarding him all right or is he just so remarkable and so tall with such length that he's getting these shots off there's nothing to do. I, I think tonight falls into the category of he was just that remarkable, that great, and there was not a lot they could do. I mean, the last three of the night, Abaji's up on him. They get the switch. Markkinen's guarding him. They get the switch, so give him credit because they want the 6'5 Abaji instead of the 7'1 Markkinen, but then he just goes over the top of him and buries him. Yeah, he just, he's remarkable. So much confidence in whatever shot he's shooting especially when he gets a chance to, to change directions a little bit, especially going to his left. And that uh, mid-range or even the three-point shot is, is, is just unbelievable. Suns jumped on the Jazz early, and the Jazz answered. It was 41-38 at the end of one. It was tied at 75 at the half. That's the fourth most amount of points ever scored in the first half of a Utah Jazz basketball game in 50 years. And the other three are all, like, super kind of significant. One of them's uh, April of... 1978 against the Spurs. I believe that's the David Thompson, George Gervin scoring title game where kind of nobody was really playing. They were letting George Gervin match the scoring title of David Thompson, I think, from earlier in the day, if I remember correctly, or it's vice versa. I can't remember who. Uh, and then the other two were against Denver in the 80s when Paul Westhead had put the system in, which was the, if you don't know about that, it was basically this idea that you, you shot in seven seconds left and didn't really sc- care if the other team scored. And he took it to Loyola Marymount and had some success with it, but he did not in the NBA um, and was in Denver for that. So I think it's um, it's kind of, it was you know, just it's a, like this was a memorable night, I guess would be what I'm trying to say. Um, now let's look at it from a jazz standpoint. This is the fourth straight start for Keontae. And the idea, the, you know, I asked to open the press conference with Will Hardy and I asked him, What's given Jordan Clarkson the flow of the last few games? And his answer was Keontae. Yeah, Keontae. And that flow is still going because Jordan had 37 in it. Yeah, now that Jordan Clarkson is not considered to be the point guard and, and having to make plays and then having to try to score there as well, did a pretty good job of it last season, but this season he's really struggled with it. But now that uh, Keontae's in the starting lineup, yeah, he, he's a little bit different role. And, and he's, you know, he's getting the job done. Took 26 shots tonight. 
Maybe the other one that's most important is he doesn't have to guard the best player anymore. Mm-hmm. When you had Lowry Market and John Collins and Walker Kessler on the floor, the best guard players being guarded by either Taylor Horton Tucker or Jordan Clarkson. Tonight, Ochai Abaji ends up with Durant and Booker for most of the night, relieving that burden on the other guards. Yeah, and, and we've heard many, many times and with the kind of player that he wants Abaji to be, he's given him that opportunity to, to defend guys like Durant. Um, and, you know, now you have uh, uh, some history or you, you, you have some, some, what am I looking for, some of how to defend guys like that. And so once uh, that happens, the next ball game, he'll be more familiar with what Durant wants to do. Maybe he can slow him down a little bit. I remember uh, Quinn Snyder talking about Royce O'Neal, the second year he was a defensive stopper and how much that helped him being it because he had the track record against the guys um, before That's what I was looking for, yeah. Keontae George's second quarter. We're going to – I think this is what you want to see out of rookies. You want to see these spurts. You're not going to get full games out. But there was about a three-minute spurt where he was as good as anyone on the floor and flowing and hit two threes and drove Booker to the basket, scored eight straight on Devin, an underhand scoop pass to Lowry. Those are the flashes. Those are super important in a player's development because if those flashes happen for some periods of time, those periods now extend and extend and extend as a player. And you can tell that his confidence was building. Every play, every play comes down and, and, and in transition, takes a three-point shot. He misses it. But that confidence level was just starting to build and build and, and knowing that, you know, I'm a rookie. I can score on these guys. And, and Will's giving him the green light. And if we're really honest about it, let's, I think it's really valuable for us to be honest about Keontae. We are excited as you are. He also made some plays late that were signs of a rookie point guard that was on the floor that may have cost the Jazz an opportunity or two. Yeah, it's he's going to make mistakes like that, but Will wants him to play through those. And and uh, and I really enjoyed the conversation that he made in that in practice. He just sit back and let uh, Keontae, you know, run things, you know, so he can get that uh, experience and not having to look over at him every time as though you know what do you want us to do. So one of the first comments in our comment section tonight was not enough shots for Lowry tonight. He takes 12 shots. Now, takes 12 free throws. So I think you really got to count that as five other shots, which gets him at 17. And that's probably still not quite where you want him to be, 17 scoring opportunities. But let's talk about this a little bit. Lowry's terrific. He's outstanding. But Lowry's next step is being able to score on self-creation. Tim Lacombe found a wonderful stat and called me today. 81% of Lowry's shots come when he has the ball for zero to two seconds. Devin Booker probably has 70% of his shots after he's had the ball for six seconds. Durant's probably got 60% of his shots after he has the ball for six seconds. So the next step for Lowry, and also, by the way, Lowry's shooting percentage drops precipitously if he's had the ball for two to six seconds or six or more seconds. And we'll talk more about this on Sunday's broadcast. It's some interesting numbers, but... This is if you want Lowry to go get 20, 24 shots a night like Kevin Durant, he's got to be able to self-create, and he does not do that yet. Yeah, exactly, which means that self-create, meaning that okay, then he has to uh, play without the play with the ball in his hands a little bit more. Iso uh, at the elbow, yeah, two dribbles. Uh, uh, Iso at the free throw, at the nail, those exactly. kind of things, and not just wait on the catch and shoot or someone else to to make a, a shot for him. You know, put him in a position where he can score. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, that's just got a skill he's got to develop. I'm not sure it's a one that he naturally has at this at this point in his game. Um, let's talk about the Jazz defense for a second because I, I don't really know. Well, first of all, I will say this. 
when I did my numbers to start the year, I had three offenses that were way better than any other team in the NBA. Sacramento, Dallas, and Phoenix, to me, were like in a different level offensively than the rest of the league. So part of me is like, you know. Now, on the other end, and let's give Phoenix a lot of credit. They were awesome. But I, sure. let's work the jazz show, so we give credit. But the offensive rating by the Phoenix Suns in the first quarter was a 164. The offensive rating of the Phoenix Suns in the second quarter by the halftime was a 150. Yes, Tim Kempton? I just want to come over and say goodnight. Good, good night. Good <laughs> night. Call me tomorrow. All right, heck, well, that was a heck of a fun game, wasn't it? Heck of an game. Yeah, that yeah, was. Guys yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. That's Tim Kempton, ladies and gentlemen. Here, duck your head in so they can at least see your ugly mug. There's Tim. There he is. He's the son's announcer. See you guys Sunday. His son has a great taste in colleges. <laughs> Going to Williams. He went to Williams already and graduated. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do we evaluate the Jazz defense, which came in tonight at 28-6, the half court 30th. It's going to be certainly 30th after tonight. Um, Suns offensive rating in the half court through three quarters was a 124. What's your thought on the Jazz defense? There was so much statement. I guess here, let me put a paraphrase in this, or let me put a context in this. So much talk about how great the Jazz defense was. They played the 29th and 30th best offensive teams the last two games. I'm sorry, I can't jump aboard that those were actually indicators. I'm not sure I can jump aboard that this one's an indicator either because they're that great. So what's your thought? My, my thought is this, is that what, what the, the coaching staff, I'm just play the coach for this. Yeah. You're going to watch film and see what position they were in uh, and, and defensive position they were in and to stop them or was it just a, a great shot that was made by Booker or Durant or you know, anyone else? Uh they did get some uncontested threes. And now, was it intentional for Little to get some of those threes from the corner? Is it intentional for Grayson Allen to be open because of the great play or the uh, the, the respect you have from Durant and, and Booker? So you look at film like that and, the, and evaluate it from that standpoint. And just if, if you, you lose the ball game, was it because of the great play of two players? And that's Booker and, and, and Durant. I don't think you can keep giving Grayson Allen those threes. He's shooting over 50% on catch and shoot threes. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Ironically enough, you know who Grayson Allen is on this team? He can't defend, but you know who he is? He's Shane Battier when Shane Battier was on the Heatles. Yeah, okay. Everyone said, you can't leave Shane Battier open. Great, but Chris Bosh, LeBron James, and Dwayne Wade are going to the basket. So who are you leaving open? You're leaving Shane Battier open. And it's nice for me to say you can't leave Grayson Allen open, except for Nurkic just staying at the rim. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are unguardable. You're leaving somebody open, and it's either Eric Gordon or Grayson Allen. And when this team gets 10 or more threes out of their others, they don't lose. They're also 11-1 and one now when – Evan Booker and Kevin Durant play together. So they might be, we might have just played the best team in the Western Conference. Yeah. I think once the season gets started, and, and I don't even know if Bill is the answer for them, but I really like the, the system they have now. And I think Grayson Allen, you just mentioned him, this system is complimenting him tremendously, you know, because he can, you know, he's a talented player. I mean, I've seen him drive to the basket, make some moves, I've seen him dunk on guys. Uh, but he doesn't have to work as hard offensively to to score. No, they do a brilliant job with him being the the, the initiator, the pass to Durant, kind of in the mid block. Mm -hmm. So then the only and they're spaced in such a way that the only help defense that can come is right from Grayson. So it's a short pass and an easy shot. It's yeah. very well done. It's almost impossible to guard. All right, Jazz were much better tonight, though. I think that's the override. The one other thing worth talking about: eight turnovers tonight. I think it was by the Utah Jazz. So the turnover problem is gone. They've gotten much better at that. Um, there's a lot of signs of growth from the Jazz. This 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 kind of fits into, while 
you know, they weren't playing Memphis or Portland. They did look like a much better, better basketball mm-hmm. team than we had seen on that road trip when things were really kind of the wheels were falling off and the ball was being thrown around the gym all over the place. So a lot of big uh, progress. Too bad that they lose this one night. They play like this against the Lakers, though, in L.A. I think they have a legitimate chance to win that game. That'd be super fun because then they're 3-1 and one in group play and we get into point differential, and I believe the Jazz point differential after tonight. Still positive. And remember... Remember that Jordan Clarkson three late in the game that took the difference from six to three. You just never know in in season tournament whether that might come back to matter. Ron Boone, who are your stars tonight? Well, going with Jordan Clarkson, that's for sure. And and I really think we got to go with the backcourt period. Keontae you know? and Jordan are stars again tonight. I think that's two nights in a row um, for uh, the big guys in the uh, at the at the guard line. Keontae finished with fifteen points, six assists. One steal. He did have three of the eight turnovers um, where we were plus two when he was on the floor tonight as the Jazz fall to the Phoenix Suns because Kevin Durant, simply unguardable. Devin Booker, we've not given him much love. He did have 15 uh, assists and 24 points tonight in his first time all year that he's played back-to-back or two games in a row. Uh, Jazz lose it to the Suns, 131-128. Sunday does not count for group play. Our next group play game is Tuesday in L.A., but Sunday we'll be back here against Phoenix. Tickets are available, and the game will be available on Jazz Plus. Thanks very much for tuning in and being a part of the show tonight here. And We will now redirect you, and I hope you enjoy the redirect. We will redirect you over to the brand-new Locked On Sports Today, the first-ever 24-7 national sports stream on YouTube. Thanks very much for tuning in to Locked On Jazz. On behalf of Ron Boone, I'm David Locke.